passage today is from Luke 6, uh, verses 37 to 45. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for um, your word. Thank you that... Um, you speak, thank you that you are active, and, and I pray right now that you would, you would preach through your spirit um, better than me. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, you would be effective, and it wouldn't be my words, but your words. Lord, I pray that, um, I pray that you be here, <clears throat> and I thank you for Jesus Christ, and I, I thank you for his ministry. A person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so what we see here, you're like, okay, this is kind of makes the whole wisdom section make sense, is that Jesus is building a community where obedience matters. Jesus is building a community that is radically different than the world that, that has, has come before it. And if you remember back, I mean, socioeconomically, Jesus is being this radical, saying, you know what, the poor belong, and the ostracized belong, and the, and the, the, the marginalized become centralized. Jesus is talking about, and, and last week it was, I felt like it was just a revolutionary, I don't know if it was a revolutionary sermon, but it was a revolutionary message that we don't have to win. And, and the, just Jesus is, is being radical, but the radicalness is in the root. It's in the heart. It's not just that he's a radical. It's not just that he's lobbying for some kind of utopia, right? It, what he's really talking about is the heart. What he's actually saying is that the, the, the community of faith will be radical because the hearts that come to the community will be radically altered. And, and I think that this is always, it's probably always a temptation. I, I think at the time it was a, a big temptation for the people in that day and age. It was tempting, I think, to, to look at Judaism and just see it as kind of a, as a, of a, life, a life system, right? Kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to be in this life system. I'm going to just fall into this. And, and, if I, and if I do, you know, if I mind my P's and Q's, if I, if I get circumcised on the eighth day, and if I 
you know, keep the calendar, the festivals, if I keep the Sabbath, if I, if I do all of these things, then I'm part of that community. That, 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 that I've done the things that get me to belong. And, and, and that's, you know, that, that's a, like I remember, as a, you know, having Jenna Lee here actually this, this last week has been wonderful, and she's double majoring in, in, in linguistics and philosophy, and so we got to talk about philosophy, and, and it reminds me, like, like there were a lot of people in my days when I studied philosophy that would come to philosophy class, you know, they would be a major, they would major in philosophy to find answers, which, by the way, don't, don't do that. Um, there's like the worst, those people didn't last very long because they were like, wait, they're literally telling us nothing. Like, yeah, that's, you know, that's philosophy. And so, but, but I remember, and it was kind of the first time this ever actually dawned on me. I, it probably should have dawned on me earlier than this, but, but I, I was actually hanging out with, with a guy, uh, with a friend in, in that circle, and he was like, you know, I'm still trying to find my way, you know, and that's why I'm a philosophy major. I'm trying to, like, figure out my way um, religiously. I want to find a system of living that, that I can kind of buy into and live by. And so he was actually asking me questions about my system of living. And I remember, and I, it came out of my mouth, and I was like, oh, that's, that's actually pretty good. I'll preach on that when I'm in New Jersey someday, you know? Is it, like, I was just like, well, you, this isn't a system of living. Like, you can't, you can't, what you, you can't like, read Jesus' sayings and read the Bible and then just, like, fall in line and, and like, that be your system, I was like that, and at the, and at the time I was like, I mean, I was like in my early twenties. I had no idea what I was really talking about, but I was just like, it's just you can't. And I, and I knew it was wrong, but I couldn't tell why it was wrong. I was like, you just, you, it, it's like there's got to be something else, right? We're not just like, we're not just here to read the Bible today. We're not just here because there was going to be music and you just hadn't sung, you know, since last week, and you're like, I just need to go sing. Like, like it's not just a system. There's not just things that we're doing. And, and we don't have enough stuff to do, right? I mean, Jews have festivals, and Jews have circumcision, and Jews have, like, the thing that birthed us had all of these ways that you could kind of check in the boxes and say, okay, this is who I am. I, and I, I remember talking to my friend. I was like, I kind of, I don't think that's it. I don't know what it is. But I, and what, what, I, what I should have realized is we're, I was talking about heart change. That you can't just, like, read the Bible and be like, okay, yeah, that's, that's going to be me and fall in line and then get spit out and be in heaven, right? Like, like there's got to be something else that happens. That we just, we just, you just can't bring your own luggage and get on the plane and land where you want to land. And Jesus talks about this, and it's kind of my favorite place that he talks about this is in John 3, um, 6. He says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so in other words, kind of going back to Jesus' picture, is that, um, I'll try to get one of the trees right. Um, fig trees, they, um, if, you want to be a, if you're a thorn bush, okay, um, you try as you might to be a fig tree. You might read all of the, you know, you get to, you know, with your thorn bushes and you've always felt like you're something different. You're not really a thorn, but you're like, I, I don't feel like a thorn bush down deep. You know, I really feel like a fig tree. And so you, you kind of read about, if, you're, if thorn bushes could read, you, you read about 
you know, what it means to be a fig tree, you find out that, you know, you've got thorns, but figs, you know, everybody likes a fig tree. Nobody, nobody pulls a fig tree out of the ground. They're like, yeah, I've got a fig tree in my yard, you know, and, and so you kind of want to be that, and you, you wish you could be that, but you, and you can squeeze really hard, or you can, like, do whatever else you might feel like you need to do as a thorn bush, but well, you're going to be a thorn bush, and, and you're going to produce thorn bushes, and, and you can't read a book that's going to get you to fig tree. You can't, you know, be whatever, like, I, you can't, I don't, I'm I, horticulturally, I don't, I don't know a lot of, the, what are your other options, right? You, you, can't, you can't water yourself as much as a fig tree gets watered and think that you're going to be a fig tree. You can't, you can't get the sunlight that a fig tree needs instead of a thorn bush and think that you're going to get to be a fig tree. The kind of root you are is the kind of fruit you are. Fruit and root. That's why we chose the picture we chose. Because if you've got a certain kind of root, you will have a certain kind of fruit. And you can't duct tape other fruit on you. I mean, you, you know, if a thorn bush, just thinking of this now, so it's a great idea to say, you know, you're a thorn bush. So you could kind of like reach out and stick a fig and like bring it back. And everybody walks by and like, oh, look at the marvelous fig tree. That's the only fig you're ever going to have is the one that's stuck on the end of your thorn, right? You can't do it. You got thorn bush roots, so you're going to get thorn bush fruits. Like, that's it. Root and fruit. I think... Um, so I, one of my, I, some of y'all know, one of my favorite ways to like think about leadership is to watch uh, football coaches press conference. I don't know why. That's just like a thing I do. I enjoy. And, and one of the Arkansas Razorbacks football coaches, he, fought, he got fired. So what it, his, his advice really didn't work. I mean, it worked. He just didn't take it. But maybe this is actually, maybe this is why he got fired. He, he once said, because he was talking about his team was kind of not doing very well. Um, and, and he was like, you know, um, and I don't think he realized that this was like self-condemning, but it really was because, like I said, he got fired the next year. But he said, you teach what you know, but you make who you are. You teach what you know, but you make who you are. So like when he was talking about football, I've used a ton in like family counseling. Like I've, I've, I've dealt with families who, you know, come to me because their kids argue like crazy. And they've taught their kids that arguing is wrong, but they argue with their spouse. So they teach what they know, but they make who they are. They replicate who they are. No matter what comes out of your mouth, you replicate your identity. Your identity is set, and Jesus wants to change it. Jesus is going to do a root graft. He's going to transform your root. He's going to make you a different kind of bush altogether. You're not going to be a thorn bush anymore. You're going to be a fig tree or whatever kind of tree God wants you to be. I don't know all that stuff. But all all we can do in our flesh is imitate. But we come to a God who can initiate. Right? Like we come to a God who can actually make things different. And I think that that is, is, as we look back, you know, and, and it's amazing. Let me just even historically, that's not always been the Christian message. If it, if it, you know, the Judaism struggled with that, I think they kind of saw like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just do the things. I'll just check the list and it'll be okay. And I, I remember once, one time I was reading uh, a, 
a biography of, of George Whitfield, and, and George Whitfield, he, he kind of, he started to wreck us for a lot of reasons, he and, and the Wesleys, but, but one of the things that, that he argued for, this, is, this sounds like so ridiculous in our age, but one of the things that he argued for was that we should have a converted clergy. Let that sink in. Not, what I mean is, he wasn't saying, guys, there's this thing called conversion, and y'all don't understand what it is. Let me tell you about it. It's being born again. And, and, and I'm, you know, he tells them all about it, and they're like, whoa, we've never heard about that. They knew what conversion was. They knew what it meant to be born again. And there were debates in the American church and in the English church at that time there were debates on whether the, the, the pastors needed to actually be born again. Whether they needed to be converted. And that was one of the things that got him in so much trouble. Was that he was like, you cannot be a minister because you are not converted. And they were like, I, I know what conversion is and I disagree. And that's, of course, that's like, you know, 1700s. But it, it doesn't die out. You know, the 1700s never die, right? We're still fighting for freedom. Like, like we're still, we still struggle with conversion. We still think that maybe if we do the right thing, that we'll get judged on that. That if we can find the right teacher, we won't end up in the ditch. We think that maybe if we do forgive, we will be forgiven. And, and, and you know, it would be really easy in Jesus's just reading this, it would be really easy to say, well, I know how to get forgiven. I'll forgive. I know how not to get judged. I won't judge. And, and it would be really easy, even Jesus' own words, to be like, yeah, you, you kind of have a handle on this. And thankfully, Jesus at the end is like, yeah, but just so you know, you can't do any of that in a, in a meaningful way unless you've got a different root. The root creates the fruit. And so, what we are, what the, the why of Redeemer Hudson, really, and, I, and we're still, I feel like we're still in building time, and we're still trying to figure out, you know, what we're going to be and how we're going to be it, but, but really, like, this is, this is our bread and butter, is, is, is root work, and and that's why, I mean, there's a lot of reasons probably why. We don't have a whole lot of money for a smoke machine. But one of the reasons we don't use a smoke machine is because, like, we don't want to just be like, oh, if we'll just get a big enough show, we will get all these people in and then we'll just, like, let them fall into the rhythms of Christianity. That's not what we're doing. We are here to do root work. And, and we're here, we are in this location because people need it. In our community, in your neighborhood, people need more than just falling in line. People are looking to fall in line. They're looking for something out there that kind of just expresses how they feel. And, and our message is, no, you've got you to change down deep. And everything else will just kind of tumble out. And so we are a community of spiritual healing. We're a community of, of connection that goes deeper than just kind of like the, the passing and, the, and, and, and kind of the casualness. And, and of course it is casual and we're still, I feel like, all kind of getting to know each other maybe still. I mean, some of y'all have been 
together for a long time, but, but it's also not just like having you know, raised your kids together. We need to be a place of spiritual conversations. <clears throat> we need to be a place of, 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 of exposing the root and talking about that. And, 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 and that's why I've, I wanted to kind of put prayer on the front because that's how we change. It's so funny to, to think that praying does anything. I, I struggle with that. When we pray before the service, I'm like, is this going to, you know, is it going to be a better service because we prayed? Or, you know, like it's easy to kind of wonder about that. And, and our work is to meet God. Our work is to come in contact with him. Our work, your work, is, is to be out there in the world and, and, and be a representative of this other thing and bring people to see something different. And not just all of the, the smoke machine, not all of the, um, the glitz and the glamour, but to just, to just, we have something that people need. We have the healing. They feel broken, we have the healing. They want to express, we have true authenticity here. It is true authenticity that begins at the root. So many people right now are living under the pressure of trying to, to project who they want to be instead of who they really are. People in, our, people in your neighborhood are breaking because of that. They're breaking because they, all of us, all of us feel this pressure. We had a, we, we had a, we used to host these house concerts in, um, in our home, and we would have these artists come through, and we one time had like this kind of Buddhist Christian, not Christian, we had this Buddhist um, musician come through, and, and, and it was so funny, because after she left, we all talked about her, um, and, 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 and prayed for her too, but, but, um, but we all just like, she came in, and, and she, she had this like, it was the most, it was the most legalistic experience I've ever had, where she made us all conform to her like wishful thought of who she could be. And we all, and, and you can talk to every member of our family, we felt like we had to fall in line and, and like kind of be who she needed us to be. And here was this guest that was with us for less than 24 hours, but, and she had this sense of who she wanted to be. And it's probably breaking down, maybe, but I'm saying it because you know, you've got to know someone like this. She had this overpowering, obsessive sense, and, and really it was, it was breaking her. I could feel it. That she was, she had to project her identity, and we had to accept her identity. And it wasn't even like you know all the gender stuff. It was just, it was just that this is who I am, and I'm projecting it out. It has to be out there, and everybody better walk lockstep with it. And we, it was, it was, it was such a drag on our family because I start getting nervous. If anybody tells me like I have to walk in a straight line, I'm immediately going to get nervous. I'm going to start veering out. And I started saying you know, provocative things I shouldn't have said. Like, I start kind of, like, pushing and poking. I'm not very good at that. And, and I just, I remember feeling like she just, I, I, I should think this a lot, but she just needed the gospel. She needed, she needed to quit having to project who she was and making us fall in line with who she thought she was. And she just, she needed a kind of root that let her not have to control the kind of fruit she had. That's what our world is doing. Our world is trying to say, I am this kind of person, and so I am going to manicure my fruit so it matches. It's, it's, it is an epidemic 
in our age. Like, I've got to make sure everything fits, everything works. I've got to make sure that I'm projecting. And, and, I'm, and that's why you feel maybe difficult at work. You have, like we talked about last week, you have to walk lockstep with everyone. Is there's no freedom in our society, is there? There's none. To just kind of say what you want. And some of that is because of these other you know, social gears that are turning. But some of it just goes right down to the bottom of saying, you know what? I'm this kind of root, and so I'm going to be this kind of fruit. That's a Christian freedom that we have that the world doesn't have. You are not who you project. You are who you are in Jesus Christ. There's such this, this, this simplicity to our message that our world needs. If you have a friend that is falling and breaking under the weight of just kind of having to manicure a bunch of fruit, then invite them to this church. We're just ugly enough, right? We're just weird enough. That you can't, like, we're not manicured. And I love it that we're not manicured because we're not a manicuring people. We're not people that make you walk lockstep. We're people that bring you into the presence of God and let you figure out what that looks like on your own. We're people that come in contact with God and are transformed. That's it. When I look back on the book of Romans, um, there's this little thing. It says, do not be conformed. This is a real famous verse. We've all heard it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the testing, discern what the will of God, what's good, acceptable, and perfect. Just all he says in Romans, really the whole thing, is do not be, transformed, but do not be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's really Romans, the book. And as I was thinking about that, obviously I was like, okay, this is kind of a transformation sermon. And I was like, it's in the middle of Romans. Rome. The emperor. The greatest empire in the history of the world. It became Christian because some people experienced this. Like, think about that. Like, like however hard our world is. When I look at our world, you know, in, in North Hudson County, I'm like, man, what would really change it? And just, a, just some new roots. Not for the community. Just, just some people. A handful of people. In this situation, a handful of people getting some new roots. Ever so slowly, hundreds of years, changed the world. It's Rome. It's Rome. It's like... Rome. I mean, like, there's no other way to say it. Like, there's no bigger empire, no stronger empire. Literally, you know, they invented concrete or some version of it to make things that were, you know, indestructible. And a few people with new root systems transformed it. It's so easy to think of strategies. It's so easy to, like, for me, I just kind of shrink from it all. I don't know what God's going to do in our church. And we're still early. We're still in our first year of me being here, which I'm not like the savior of it. But sure, probably figured that out already. But, but let's be that. Like when we ask where or why, we're here like part of, you know, our, we, we have this hope for North Hudson County. 
But the hope isn't for the community at large. It's not for the government agencies. It's not for you know, the way that you know, traffic flows. It's none of that. All it is is that people would, would experience Jesus and that he would give them a new root system. And if that happens in the way that, that is revivalistic, it would literally transform North Hudson County. We might, not even, we might still be the same size, but they might all go to someone else's church. That would be the worst case scenario. Like, we wouldn't even get credit for it. Who knows what happens, right? But like, I know that our world needs this. I know the weight that our world has on trying to manicure its own fruit and trying to come up with better fruit than it feels down deep inside. And you, it, living the gospel life, living your flesh, different matter, but living in the gospel life, you have nothing to hide. And the world will see that and it will envy that. You do not have to manicure because you have a different root system. You don't have to be extraordinary because you have a God that already is. We have freedom and the freedom is infectious. And so I encourage you to go out and be that and do that on purpose. Be that on purpose. Because this community, this is... The Sermon on the Mount. This is, this is Jesus' body of teaching where he says, yeah, it's going to be a place where obedience matters, but it's going to be what I do that creates the obedience. So let's follow the most ancient of all churches, the best preacher to ever come through it, which is Jesus Christ, the founder. Let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for your word. I thank you that um, I thank you that you're doing more than than just making us walk walk in kind of lockstep. And I thank you that we don't have the pressure to manicure. God, I I pray for this church. Um, we need to know that we're we're we are more than just coming here. That we are about being out there. And Lord, I pray that you bring um, Redeemer Hudson people into relationships and life with others that, that are being broken by the weight of their own manicuring. Lord, I pray that, that we would have mission for this and that our, you would answer our prayers. We're praying to you, God. We're asking you to protect this church. We're asking you to put mission in this church. And so I ask you to do it. But I pray, God, that we will be a place that shares good news of freedom and good news of true authenticity. And Lord, I pray that um, you, you can do what you want. You always do. But Lord, I pray that that, that, that would be a mark of of Redeemer. And I pray that, that you would actually transform this place that we live by changing roots. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.